Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yeah, it's going now. But uh, yeah, it's funny because like, there's also all these businesses like, man, I'm looking for black artists, and then I'll like DM them, and they're like, oh, thanks for the suggestion. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I just told you I'm John, here. I caught your bluff, nigga. Fuck that. Hey, you said you're looking for it. That's you obviously on Twitter. Like, yo, link me to the black creative. It's like it's the same people you've been robbing from for years. Like, what where do you think? Where, where yeah. you started talking like this? Like, you just you magically started speaking like this? Like, Bruh, come on, dude. It's like, so ridiculous. It's funny. It's like, we're the black entertainer. Nigga, the same ones you've been stealing shit from since what? Elvis? Bitch. Yeah, what the fuck? Jerry have anything to say when this started? Of Girl. course not. I don't, know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even look at that shit anymore, but them dudes, like, come on, man. And after getting exposed, it's still like, well, people are just like, oh, they're convenient, so I'm just going to stay there. Right. Like, come on. Have some have some real taste. Seek out, you know, the people that are actually making this shit, but it is what it is. I can't be mad. Fuck I mean, as long as you pay, it's hard to be mad when you make a lot of money. That's why. Yeah. That's why, like, the older generation and us is like never that upset. They're like, ah, oh, well, I mean, like, my mom is basically like Stephen A. Smith, <laughs> who just has like all the wrong takes that like were good like thirty years ago. She Maybe not even good thirty years ago. Just like, yeah, she's, As like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like Stephen. A., every time Stephen A. says starts a sentence with "as a black man," I'm, he says something that no black person agrees with. Yeah, exactly. None. And he gets canceled a lot, but he still. I think he's making the most of ESPN. If I'm not tripping, or he's, he's making the most. Of, that's yeah. why Tim Jamel Hills had to call in to highly questionable this morning. To do a you know, phone interview, you know what I mean? like Because of the ESPY. I didn't even watch the ESPYs last night, but apparently uh, they were doing a lot of black stuff that uh, wasn't really usual based on how they, they've treated some of their black talent. And yeah. the exodus that's been going on on the low, but that's kind of, you know, not yeah, So wait, was the ESPYs on? Apparently there was a, 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 the ESPYs award show, but it's not. But you know, like when the ESPYs come to LA, LA's turned up. So the, yeah. it's exciting. Like this year, just I think they just did it to get it over with. So they kind of realized they, couldn't, they could do it whenever they want. But they didn't even promote it or anything. I like I, I watch ESPN every morning. I didn't know it was coming. I feel like this was a year where they uh, just handed out the awards and got it going. Yeah, there wasn't really like the spectacle part of it. But they did some spectacle shit. Like there, I guess there's a video. I saw like at least a video of like a bunch of white people. Like you know what? Okay, I don't know when this became a trend, but it's like where like they, everyone reads the same script. Yeah, and then it's like and it's together. Fam, we can that shit affect is so black. stupid. It's already talked about so much, so I'm not gonna add on too long. But if you don't get the fuck out of my face, I acknowledge that I'm the problem. Shut the fuck up. Like I said, uh, this white guilt don't mean anything unless there's a bag attached to it. So I'm not really like all the the, the black squares and the saris and all that type of shit. That's yeah. great. Where's the bag? Where's where's the bag? And where's the improvement within your company? Because I'm seeing a lot of Cats getting exposed now. It's good to see because a lot of companies been on some fuck shit for a long time. Yeah, so it's good to see everybody's kind of, you know, I, the employees that were grieved. Like you know, you're seeing brands where, like black women are stepping up and saying companies that have profited off of black culture are you know sitting yeah. there on some bullshit. So this is gonna keep happening. I think hopefully it'll lead to some real changes. But my fear is that it's gonna reverse and the white people start to get salty and be like, well, I'm not like that, and then they're gonna try and flip it back on us again. I mean, that's like exactly what's... We Africa. were just talking about that, like, right before you got in <laughs> here. Because you know we do the improv at UCB. Okay. The UCB CFO. Lemon pepper wet? Lemon yeah, pepper yeah, wet, yeah. For sure, for sure. The, uh, but the UCB CFO put bags. out a... What do you mean? You don't, no one gets paid for improv. Y'all better Nobody. take that and go slang a show, and that's how that whole thing works, right? That is true. Right. I mean, 
Hopefully, I don't know. I, I just started doing it for fun. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, I had no plans in this. That's where I got onto Twitter. That's why I do everything. But now, fun is a lot of bags for right. mediocre humans. So I'm going to go ahead and get mine, too, because they have fun, too. And they be really getting it. So. Fam, that has really been my argument was, uh, like you said, uh, all this uh, virtue signaling and performance art is cool. Are you giving niggas checks? It's about time some mediocre motherfuckers get some checks because yeah. y'all been doing it for a long time. <laughs> hey, oh, my God. <laughs> really oh. long time. Not oh. just the most exceptional Negroes. I mean a normal nigga. Give him a job he don't deserve. I mean, that's that's the <laughs> or thing, her, too. That's bad, what I'm, I'm afraid of, because I feel like, you know, they're just going to start buying up anything. You're going to get a lot of mediocre shit that comes out that's not really going to reflect well on the black community. Then they're going to be like, oh, well, look, we gave you niggas a chance. Now it's like, hey, you know, back to back to what we used to do. Yeah. So I'm hoping they're just like, you know, let actually really talented people give them the resources, because yeah. they be putting, you know, $100 million, $200 million just fucking flops out. Like, we only need, like, five. I be seeing shit that get, like, a billion dollars just flopping. Like, yo, give me a mil, I'm going to flip that and turn that to 10. Like, it's not complicated. Yeah. Just make sure people want to watch, but actually get it to the streets. So the question is, if you were still doing, if Legends of Chamberlain Heights was in its first season right now and you were working on season two, how different do you think the show would be, or do you think it would be exactly the same? I think it would be uh, fucked because, like, the, the writers' rooms are kind of like I was in a writers' room at the beginning of the year, and then we went we went virtual in March, and it's like that shit is hard. It's not for the creative process and just hmm. sitting at a Zoom and, and, and looking at a Zoom for three, four, five, six hours at a time. It's not really like you know we're sitting here now, we're social distance, but we can all just wrap off each other and feel each other's yeah. energy and whatever. Just at least like the best ideas and shit, but. So I'm a little nervous about it because honestly, like the rooms are like the, the funnest part. Like that's kind of like, hmm. you know, like, you know, you can do whatever you want in the room, like say whatever you want inside is acceptable as long as it's in a respectful way and it's funny and yeah. it's, it's about what the, whatever you're talking about in terms of the script, you know, so I'm just curious to see how that pans out. But I think we would have, we would have, we would have figured it out, but we would have had a lot of fun. Like I, if I was still making videos and shit for legend, I would have <clears> been killing this whole time doing, doing character videos, response videos and all that type of shit. So. Right. I guess I mean like more with the the actual content or do you think like i guess because you guys did the second season which was excellent appreciate you and then it wasn't renewed and there was a bunch of bullshit that was attached to why it wasn't renewed you couldn't you also couldn't like take the show with you you couldn't yeah. move it anywhere else so just maybe i mean look the thing is like the comic central gave us two seasons i really appreciate it it's funny now to see when that show came out versus what the climate is in this day and age i think it would have had a lot more success because people would have watched it we really would have hit this shit hard in kind of a way that nobody else could really do from an animated standpoint at this point, <coughs> you know, we'll see when Boondocks comes back on HBO Max with what they're on. I imagine they're going to be on some real life, like, just really go out they and get it type shit. For the fences, you know, right, just got to right. go hit homers, but you just never know. So I think we would have really been killing it, you know. It would have been, been a good time. But that, that White Gill, like I said, it's really like, it's, you can just really see it. You can really just feel it in the air now. It's funny. It's funny to see. That's funny that because Comedy Central has a history of not like supporting their art. They don't want South Park to be successful. They just like it's there because they have an idea of what they are. You know, what yeah. I mean? more so than the shit that the people connect with. I mean, it's hard. Look, you're talking about 15, 20 shows a year. You're trying to get out, and really, just the landscape you're competing with now with the, with the streaming or whatever. It's right. really like. Like the fun, I think like Netflix and other spots, what they really capitalize on is they're on they're on digital and social heavy. Like yeah. they've been on these streets, like they got the, all this, you know they're doing shit. But you, like even like Rick and Morty getting the Szechuan sauce at McDonald's, like they're doing shit that's really tapping into the culture, and, yeah. and now it's coming into real life, and people are like going to McDonald's to go get the Szechuan sauce. Yeah. You know, I mean? just shit like that, where it's like, yo, this is next level. This is where the show now transcends being just a TV show, and it's pop culture and it's art and it's the world. And people love it. Yeah. You know, you're seeing dudes wear like Rick and Morty socks during games or whatever. Maybe you know that's their featured shoe when they, the, the NFL lets them do shit so I think stuff like that but it, I mean it's hard it's a crap shoot like you just never know because there's a lot of great shows that don't make it every year 
Facts. And it's just, you know, really what it comes down to, what I always tell creators or people that sell shows, is like, yo, you're going to have to really take it to the concrete if you want your shit to hit. Like, yeah. like it's not, you know, they're going to have an advertising budget and all that, but people are so used to being promoted to. You drive around LA, you see billboards for all kinds of shit. That don't mean I'm going to watch it. Like, I'm just, Wait, you know. I, yeah, that, that leads me to a question I have for both of y'all, because Chris is a writer too, and I've never written a, nary a script in my life. <laughs> you know, okay? right? I thought you guys thought you wrote. I thought you. Uh, I haven't written anything. Just I did. I, I, I did. A, I did a deck that was received well, and then Corona hit, and it kind of just got okay. stalled. But um, I know that, that project, said, and that was a good project. Yeah. That that said, that you, I think that I was thinking the other day because I was watching Zoolander, and I love Zoolander, and I was like, okay, this could also have been very trash, but it isn't. I don't know why. I don't know what the formula is, but I, it made me wonder when someone sit when you get a script out. Do people know it's trash, like, early? Like, at what point does a trash movie, people are like, this is trash. No, see. Is it like, is it like after uh, the editing? Yeah. Or like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let you guess. You can take that. Uh, but. So, look. So, look. I mean, th every project is different. That's all I can say. Like, every project can run into their own different shit. Like, the script might be killer on the page. Then you get out and try to make it. And however, the you know, if the vision's not the same or whatever... Like, you're dealing with a lot of shit. A lot of times, writers selling scripts, and then they're giving it to the team that they best think can execute it, and maybe their visions aren't aligned. And that's just like, they don't see the vision, they're going to fuck it up. But there's no, you know, because I watch a lot of shit on TV, and I'm just like, damn, this shit is trash. Like, how to get to this point? But at some point, it was a really good idea. Now, as, as outside figures become involved, and kind of what I like to call, like, the merchants kind of jump in and start, you know, putting their two cents, and you can't do this, you can't say that, whatever, whatever. Shit's changed. Sometimes it's for the better, sometimes it's for the worse. So it's really just... There's so many facts that can go into it. You never really like. I can't be like, oh, this is this is the formula to make a shitty show because because nobody would do that if that was the case. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like everybody goes and thinking like, oh yeah, we did we did. This is the shit. This is gonna hit. The, <laughs> the real thing is that every good TV show, movie, cartoon, whatever is a miracle because it, it, like it's <laughs> it's so lucky, bro. There's so many people. People always want to act like it's just four people like involved in making something the director the writer and those act there are so many fucking people involved and it's like once you start adding in the people who are doing the money they have notes so once you have notes your thing is changing everyone talking about a whole mother it's just a whole bunch of shit and sometimes those notes work and sometimes they, they fuck not. you and now you're like oh what you want now so you get so when we get to Zoolander. the money people then you're not talking about financers you're talking about like executive producers and shit like that like I mean look if you sell say you sell a TV show for example you sell to a network Netflix whoever whoever you're dealing with execs on that side that are giving you notes developing the show with you whatever so you may have a wild zany idea and they may be like nah you can't do that dog because of whatever Host a hundred reasons. Just you never right. know. Like who, what other, what other, like Turner, for example, you probably couldn't do a show where you're shitting on the NBA. Just you wouldn't get that on any Turner platform, TBS, TNT. Uh. So now it's like whose relationship with who, who's doing shit. HBO now is probably into that fold. So if you look at just depending on what your content is, you might have the greatest show idea ever. And they just be like, no, nah, we can't fuck with that dog because that's going to fuck up our NBA bag or NFL bag. Yeah. Like, look at a show like Ballers. Ballers is kind of like. <laughs> it is what it, I'm just saying. It, does, it doesn't really get heavy into whatever whatever it is, so they can still, but so HBO can still do other shit involved with the NFL. But a lot of the time, it's like relationships they don't want to fuck up. So you got to be mindful of that. Sometimes your show might not be big enough. Like South Park at Comedy Central, they can do whatever the fuck they want because their show is big enough. Right. Like they run shit. Yeah. So if we want to go at Kanye or whoever, whoever, and that's gonna fuck up Viacom shit with MTV Awards or whatever down the line. We'll, yeah, take it. Like, <laughs> we can get that up. It's we got part, Tonys, so. we got Oscars, we got great. What you want? My, my resume. Speaks yeah, for me. I guess. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. It gets complex when you really get into those. Like, oh, we can't piss off this actor and this agent who represents this person that we're trying to sign a deal with for this show that we like more than this one or whatever. At the end of the day, it's all bags. 
but it's like, you know, them taking calculated risks. Okay, one more question on this topic then. Because it sounds like, at least when I hear you guys, it sounds more like taking chances and stuff like that where you get noted as more of a comedy thing. But if you're writing drama, there's very, there's, there's so many ways to not step on anybody's toes in drama, but it's still trash. No, it's not. It's the same thing. You, you're, you're focusing on notes, and you think notes is like change. I, I, I have to imagine it has to be notes being the... No, it can be like, this is, this is shot is too long and too graphic. This has been... This, hmm. The way they say this thing is insulting to this here demographic that we're trying to target this movie toward. There's little tiny minutia like hmm. PR, like R&D things that can change uh, idea so much that it's basically not even the same thing anymore. Yeah. It's a inter- it's a it's an interesting thing because you, you hear the word notes and what does that really mean? But notes can be like oh like you saying change this punchline to like oh rip this whole script up and start over from scratch. Right. And they're both be like you know one sentence long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a but, note. <laughs> then they'll go into detail, but it's still like the the core of the, what you're looking at, what you're bolding is like yeah you know we're not however they say it politely they're not gonna be like oh right your shit's trash but like, oh we're not really vibing with it, whatever yeah. it's clunky is whatever whatever the like the agent speak is. I'm always the type like, yo, do you want it or not? Did it pass or not? Like, it, so right. we, we really like this, but do this. That means like y'all weren't fucking with it. So, but yeah. so it could be honestly, like I said, it could be like a simple note. Like sometimes you get notes like, oh shit, I just got to like, like you know, this scene didn't do this. Can you do that? You know, add this to the scene to, for some emotion or whatever. All right, bam, done. Five minute note. Sometimes it's like, oh yeah, this whole first act don't fucking work. Then it's like, well damn, if that doesn't work, then then the whole, the whole shit I was going for ain't gonna work. Yeah, not, like this whole thing is not gonna work then. But that's just kind of what you deal with. And it's like a give and take. Sometimes you can fight notes just depending on how tight you are. Like if you're like a, a high level like writer, like you know, Kenya Bear is probably like, mm, I'm not doing that. Right, <laughs> right. I'm not fucking with that. Here's why. Like okay, but you know, me is like, here you go. Like no, what else? Hmm. Check. The most insane shit I've ever seen is um, when my second writer assistant job, they went through all of the colors. What do you mean all the colors? So if you do a, if I send a note and you have a script, it's on one color. And then every time you change that and edit it while you're shooting, it's a different color. So you have to reprint it and it's another color. And there's like five colors or six colors. And that's like, basically this whole script is shit. Throw it away. And they had to do that over again, (laughs) like seven times. And I was like, what the fuck, bro? Like, and they did that day of it was supposed to. Yeah. Start shooting. <laughs> it's fucking yeah, wow. insane, dog. This is a nonsense. Also, funny thing, Legends of Chamber Heights, I don't know who ran that um, Twitter, but one of the first blue checks that followed me. Yeah, yeah, Thank you. Yeah, you really made me feel like I was right funny. There. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, this, but this was, like, I, like, when I had the show, I was I realized early on, like, yo, the only way this shit's going gonna to ride is if it flourishes on social. Like, yeah. Too many other shows are hitting on that. Like, it really has to crack into black Twitter. And I know how difficult that is. It's not just like, hey, we got a black show. You're going to watch yeah. it. Like, that's not how this shit works. So... I really just hit the ground with the Twitter, but started finding funny ass people, people that were posting good content, just anything that I could really engage with people that I knew would be kind of in that yeah. lane for the show, just so, you know, whatever, but try and be supportive as possible to everybody else out there. So I was able to build the account because I didn't know shit about social when I took that thing over. I was just yeah. like, look, like I got a ticking time clock. Like, if, if once this shit runs out, the show's gonna get canceled. <laughs> like, if I can get like a miracle or something, just get like, you know, because I've seen it, you know, you yeah. see it on Twitter every once in a while. If I can just get one of those miracles, like some like a LeBron or whatever. Like we did, we got like Shaq and other people, but you know, like one isn't really gonna get you over, but as you build and get that that following where it needs to be, but unfortunately didn't get there, but still learned a lot and then was able to transfer that shit over. 
Hey man, you got that shit on the air and you got two seasons. Yeah. That's not unfortunate. That is. Now people, I mean, people, you know, like <laughs> it's unfortunate. I'm still mad because I like the show first um, of all, and second of all, you know, I've been knowing Josiah since like 2003 or something, right? So yeah, when yeah. when you when the show got on, I was like, oh shit, we all made it. <laughs> I, I literally was texting Josiah, I'm like, yo, take me with you to nice things, <laughs> whatever the things are. I want to go to nice, nice things. things. Bro. I was talking to some young UCLA <laughs> hoopers. Nice I was talking to my buddy Gerald, who I did his pod, and he was he hooked at UCLA, and he was like, yo, man, when the show came out, we used to watch it, like me and some of the dudes on the team. And I'm just like, dude, if I was if I was your guys' age, and I knew somebody that hooped at UCLA, made a show, watch that shit religiously, like we would have been getting it off. But I just really appreciated that. And yeah, to go from like, cause this thing, we started this thing like oh nine, bro. And then to get it on the air in twenty sixteen, like shit. It really kinda like changed my whole perspective of the entertainment industry. Cause I went like we started when I was like twenty seven. I'm like, oh shit, I'm about to get it. Entourage, like really watching that. It was during that era. Yeah, yeah. Then my time show got on, I was like, shit, I'm a square now. Like I can't even really <laughs> I can't even enjoy this. I'm a straight square now. Like, oh, like family man, like but it is what hey, it is, so. So I, I still I appreciate it though. We had fun with that shit, man. We had we had a really tight crew in that that show too. So, all right. Well, we 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 caught up long enough. Okay. We're here to discuss. I hope y'all using all that, right? Like, what's up? We using all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making sure. Yeah, using all that place. shit. Yeah, that's good shit. Uh, but we're here to discuss white men can't jump. <laughs> and I'll I'll preface it by saying it's two things. It's not a Spike Lee movie. It's not a Spike Lee movie. It seems like one. Uh, but a Josiah's dad plays. I don't even know the character's name. Pulls out the gun. The guy with the gun. <laughs> I don't okay? even know the character. And the reason I don't know character's name is my second point, which is I tried to stream this shit last night. It's not available for streaming anywhere. And I was like, damn, I could buy it, but I don't know if I want to own a movie I've seen 20 times. Rent it. I rented it like a week or I rented it during whenever that Jordan doc was going on because I had to make a meme for it. But I had, <laughs> and I, I like yourself, I needed this one particular scene. I couldn't get it. And it was like, come on, internet. Like, y'all should have been had this Listen, shit on YouTube. I had to, to get that Radio Raheem painting that you, over my shoulder. Okay. I had to, I had to rent, uh, do the right thing because I couldn't find like a high quality enough one to like go yeah. off of. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not doing that twice in two weeks, man. Like, I know the movie. I know White Man Can't Jump. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is the first basketball movie I might have ever seen. I don't know. What year did it come out? Do we know? Uh, 92. 92. Yeah. So I think it was the first basketball movie I ever saw. And I remember thinking at the time, like, Rosie Perez got titties. <laughs> <laughs> I was like eight years old. As a, young, as a young kid, that was the highlight of the movie was the, uh, that Rosie Perez nipple shot. It was this like, oh. Rosie Perez got titties. Definitely. Titties. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, as a kid, that was definitely, because I saw it I think, probably like five or six times when it, like in the first run, like did different screenings and whatnot. Yeah. And yeah, that was definitely a highlight every time I watched it as a wee boy. Yeah, yeah. Can't I forget you got to go to all this shit, right? Yeah. I mean, I went to I was I was young, but I went was on set a lot of times. Like I was I was would read lines with my dad and run lines with him when he was we, he was getting ready to prep the role, and then I looked a lot now like he looked then like he just let his shit go yeah, for for, yeah. for a few months. It kind of became the character. So man, it's I'm real nice. My fathers and shit, you know, around Father's Day, oh my it's real God. nice. This man's real real nice. Tell me more stories about how you man, spent time with your dad. Try to get <laughs> <niggas> <laughs> you look just like him now. 
Uh, hey, hey, you should have went around all yesterday. Bro, <laughs> 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 he had one, and I was like, I'm not even gonna tell him this is funny, but I laughed out loud. He's like, damn, y'all just gonna keep rubbing in my face and y'all got dads and shit, huh? And I was like, this motherfucker here, bro. Hey, you can start an IG with that, and I think that shit would kill. <laughs> We're just clowning other people for having a dad. For having a dad. <laughs> then you just comment on all their photos and then post this shit. I'm like, that looks fun. <laughs> but just hate it on, dude. Because uh, uh, they can't do it themselves. Like, I know social. Like I, like I said, my account can go away tomorrow and I'll be right back on the block with some more heat. And right. really, really nobody will stop me. And that's just what it is. Maybe the following numbers will whatever. But those those don't really impact my bag. So I don't. I'm on, like I said, like Twitter's my pickup game. So I'm just in here for fun to keep people entertained. But... You know, obviously I love it and it's great, but at the end of the day, I'm not really tripping either way. I know I have a, a death wish, so it's all gravy. Yeah. Do you describe that a lot like how Michael Scott described the episode where he starts his own paper company? And the David Wallace goes like, your company can't be worth this much. He's like, my company's worth nothing. If it goes under today, I'll just start another paper company and another paper company. I've got no shortage of names. And he goes, Michael. He's like, that's one of them. That's one of the names. <laughs> <All right. laughs> <laughs> the difference is you know you can get the bag, and that's the thing. I've, I've cracked the code just on social in terms of, you know, really just spending years researching how people use it, like what, what really performs well. So now I just know I can go to the block. Like, if you notice, I'm not really on Twitter often. Like, when I really pop up, it's just to drop some heat, yeah. and I'm right back to uh, my life, whatever that may entail. So. Yeah, yeah. That's Word. Nice. And as a kid, that meant having a dad and going to set. Yeah, on White Man Can't Jump. How many times have you seen White Man Can't Jump? Probably a hundred. Maybe more. Jesus. And you had to watch it again. Oh, just you just had to get the meme for it. Because yeah, so I needed the meme. It was it was the the for Jordan and he was watching the the iPad and I had the Wesley Snipes talking about when he took him to the hole in yeah, Venice Beach. Yeah. Thought obviously it was just a perfect clip. But it really wasn't on like they had cut around it on some of the shit that was posted online, so I thought, All right, I gotta grab this real quick. Right, right, right. Just really get it to the people they need it. At the time when that movie came out, did you used to kick it like at Venice Beach a lot? No, no. I mean, look, people go to Venice to hang out and shit. Like, you go play occasionally, but dudes there aren't really, like, good hoopers. I'm just saying, like, they're okay. So this is dudes true. and white men can't jump were good hoopers. Yeah, some of them weren't. Some of them I, weren't. I'm just talking about the the, uh, the moves that they, they Wesley Snipes dribble. Yeah. This shit yeah. right here. When he brought it all the way to the back, and they jumped every time. Yeah. I was like, he did it the whole movie. Why y'all keep jumping on me? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, Wesley, Wesley's very athletic, but didn't have a lot of game. It's funny. I used to go to, they had, like, before... Before the movie, they were doing workouts. So they were doing workouts with all the cast, right? Like yeah. basketball and whatever. And he would always, like, nobody would want to fuck with him during yeah. drills and shit because he was going to mess up. And they'd have to, like, go again. So but he, he noticed. He started cussing people out. Like, oh, no, no way. fuck that motherfucker. got this shit. It's like, okay. You but what about Woody Harrelson? Woody, I think, actually did play it like a D2 or D3 for, at some point for some stretch. I don't know how long or what. So he actually had some games. Yeah, the other jumper looked wet. You can't, you can't fake the wetness real. of the J. You yeah. can't fake the, the, the look of it. That dunk, no way, bro. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. That oop that he caught, <laughs> come on, bro. He was in the air ah, for a whole two minutes. I mean, I don't trust any basketball dunk scene where you don't see it for the wide right? shot. I yeah, need the wide that's shot. That's what I'm saying. If you, you cut to rim? like just at the rim. I'll nah, see nah. your legs. You on a ladder, bro. Urkel fucking dunked that way. You know what I mean? The legend. We're not here for it. That movie is hilarious, though. Rosie Perez, speaking of, is way too good for this man. She gave him so many times. And I know. He just kept losing her money. But she, I mean, he was a hooper, so she just, you know, loved that hoop life. No matter how, <laughs> how low he get. Because, you know, he's like D3 hooper, so he's like, yo, we're moving to L.A. Right? She's like, oh! <laughs> get her out of wherever they were at. You know, fucking with the Stookies. Conceptually, that's also insane that that movie is just, I'm going to go gamble on pickup street 
basketball yeah. for a living for like yeah for it's like my main way not even of, like the yeah because there's like, plenty of tournaments that yeah like today maybe there's more tournaments but the people who do that do tournaments and i guess they do like dunk contests in between if you got a lot of bounce but yeah. i don't know anybody who's just like out here literally hustling for their living yeah gambling basketball rolling up on random parks like oh let's play two on two right. this is like for the, how much ten thousand dollars like what what, what the fuck like what what <laughs> <laughs> 100, 200, 300. Like, huh? Family. I've never played one game of actual basketball for money. Maybe shooting, like half court shot, yeah, like, something like that. Like, But I've never played, like, me and you, $100 on the line. Didn't Wesley have a business in that movie, too? Like, why was he getting The construction drug. But, I mean, look, he's mean at the, with the Okie Dog to really get it off. So, you already know. He didn't even have no office space or nothing like that. True. He was just trying to get by. He was finessing. He's probably just subcontracting to the, uh, you know, <laughs> trying to get a little bit of bread. I don't really envision Wesley was in it. Because we never saw him doing any of that, the whole movie. Right? Yeah. He, like that one scene where he shows up. Gotta get yourself a job, brother. You know, but she, the dude picks the, the thing he wants, and then we never see him put it in. Like, I, I wanted to see Wesley really in action. Sidney Dean. I like to call him by their movie character names. I'll be getting confused. Sydney Dean. Yeah, we can, we can refer to him from here on out as Sidney Dean and Billy, Billy Ho. Billy Ho. Baby. Yeah, because I get confused. Like, I'll be like, who's Wesley? I was really just fucking up in my head and not remember who Wesley was. It's crazy how sad the movie is. Like, yeah. it's light because they're at the beach and it's funny, but it's like, what does Woody really end up with at the end? Like, nothing. He can still has he can still hoop. I he's, think that was a moral story. I can still get buckets. I'm still in LA. That's a good point though. Your knees only last so long, especially if you play strictly yeah. street basketball, bro. Like you gotta figure it but out. But he doesn't even like it doesn't even seem like that's happy for him. It's just like What's messed he just up starts is, out with like a lot more than he ends up with and makes terrible choices the whole movie. What really hurt me is that Gloria going to win Jeopardy. She probably went on a streak like, what, Ken Jennings level. I mean, because the way she was just firing him off, at least won the whole week. Yeah. Probably went back to Tournament of Champions. And she's going to do him like that after she gets cake and now they can finally live the life they deserve after he did everything for her out there hooping, risking his life. I mean, he, he, he also gambled away all the money that she had saved over years and years. Yeah, but you True, know, look. But, I mean, he got her a shot on Jeopardy. He by, did get her, you know, under 10%. Okay, wait, here's what I don't understand. Why did he never tell her that he got her on Jeopardy? He never, she never knows that that's how she made it on the because show. Because he wanted to think it was her own merit, that he's a real boo. Die well, once he, once she wins the show, that's her merit. Like, bruh, what do you mean? They've, they've dodged, like, killers and lived in all these places and saved every penny and yeah. he can't tell her, you know, I made this shot and got you on the show. Like, Speaking we really did killers, this together. Why did those dudes, like, straight up run up in the crib with the straps only to, like, take a picture of him, like, being dead? Like, I mean, you know, the Stookies are a complicated bunch, <laughs> yeah. right? They're, they're men of principle. Okay? I, I, what I really believe about him is, like, look, like, we can really go out here and do that and risk jail. Or you can just pay us our bread and we'll just take the photo. <laughs> but I think early on they kind of foreshadowed when they had him going through the pictures. And even then I remember cracking up in the theater. Not knowing that the payoff was going to be that they were all fake. But that you're just looking. They didn't look like they were really fucking authentic. But be smarter, man. Be smarter, Billy. That shit was so funny to me. But yeah, I think, look, hitting a half-court shot for the Sudan, which is a great country. Wait, no, yeah, he was shooting for the Sudan, right? Because the other one was gone. And, you know, shout out to Amin Hassan and, and you know, <laughs> the legend. But I, don't I think know half exactly court, where he's from, so I don't. He's no from Sudan. Yeah, he's okay, from Sudan. Right. He's Sudanese. You know, legends. So I, it was weird to me too. Like, why are they shitting on the Sudan? The Sudan's got legends too. But I digress. But hitting a half court shot 
One, you know, hook shot. Come on, dog. Ten percent. So because of that, I need ten percent of all future earnings. That because of that shot, shot, I probably practiced, and I still will at times, like shooting court half court hook shots all the time. Like it's incredibly hard to make, like crazy hard. You have to basically be Kareem, and then I wonder, like Kareem could probably make forty like, percent to probably this do day, that for sure. but no one else in the history of basketball is going to shoot a hook from half court. That efficiently, like it's again when you do that, then why don't you tell her? It's like, yo, not only did he probably hit the hardest shot he's ever hit in his life, yeah, like just on some bragging shit, I come on and be like, yo, you, even if it's for nothing, like I didn't make no money today, but at a half court I shot, mean, as <laughs> is proven by the fact that he keeps gambling and losing, he makes bad decisions, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, but he also makes up for them. <laughs> a lot of people make bad decisions and keep on just making them. That's true, Okay, because you got to keep Woody being white. I think is a big part of this. Also, like the the story wouldn't be as strong if yeah. if Wesley or if, uh, I'm sorry if uh, Sydney was out here doing the same shit. Because it's like I know a lot of we have mutual friends who are these like white guy types who like are perpetual fuck ups, <laughs> but then they like. They they bring you like a bottle of champagne and some cake like oh I'm sorry man and then it's like it's like oh okay you're welcome back again like it's like this cachet that like a, a white guy who can like present himself for a minute really has unlike anyone else on but he was Earth. a cool ass white dude and I think once you transcend whiteness like get to the barbecue as we say in contemporary culture like Billy was about that life but when know? did Billy like or in this story when is he really invited to the barbecue because when he shows up to they're... Watts to go hoop and literally doesn't get beat up and get all his bread taken he's allowed to stretch and play the game and really would go he, home they mock him on the way in and try to shoot him on the way out I mean they mock all of everybody yeah. anybody who's in specifically the specifically movie is 90% <laughs> caps bro like the when he, hops the fence, <laughs> when he hops the fence and dimes Sydney I believe on the uh, the toss over of the bag like you know he's about that action but then they then they rob from him like is do you really feel like he's ever like part of the group nah he's too nice is the point I mean yeah. he got played he, yeah. got, he kept getting finessed you're gonna get finessed. I mean, look, that's the part of the game. <laughs> what Rosie say, you play or you get paid. Okay, okay, but do you for feel slavery. like do you feel like Sidney Dean gets finessed? No, he's the finesser because for slavery, dog. Like <laughs> that's just like a membership fee. Like, look, but you want to be in the game? Like, we've all got gotten at times. Like, look, I used to get gotten in high school on occasion, overpaying for Doritos and shit. Like, oh, you got me, fuck. I'm gonna fight you over a dollar and I'm good. But that, but I'm saying that's why at the end of the day you're at the cookout because you have the experience. Yeah, but you have it young. You, it's hard for someone to like just get that when they're old. How old was oh damn? How old was Billy? You know it's fucked up. He's got to be thirty. Yeah, ninety-two. Because we have to pretend like we're that age of Billy Ho. I'm thinking of like current Wesley. Yeah, like you just said yourself that you look like your dad. Then, then. yeah, my dad was thirty-six when he shot, thirty-five when he shot. I'm thirty-eight now, so I'm a little. That's what I'm saying. These are all like thirty-year-old men. Like he's not some like teenager like learning the ropes. Like for sure, it appears by all accounts because no one has ever heard of him that he just came in from somewhere like Iowa. Yeah, and was just like. That's why I'm saying I don't feel like he's ever like truly ingratiated. Maybe until the very last scene where it seems like they're like kind of friends. Yeah, for sure. But the whole time he's like, I think that's, I think that's actually the bigger thing for him. It's not. It's like the decisions and all that kind of all revolve around him just wanting to like be part of this culture that he's not clearly not a part of natively. I think that uh, Billy was the nigga Jim to Sydney's Huck Finn. Is that his name? I mean, yeah. <laughs> reference, like, I don't know what that means enough to like give you a good answer. Nigga, quote books. 
Are you what he does. This is what he does. Are you, are you educated, like it was huh? that, not some like Chronicles of Narnia-ass shit. Well, like, that wouldn't have any I feel like, appropriate method. Like, Huck Finn is like required reading, right? Yeah. yeah like, sure. we had to read yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like fourth grade or something. Yeah, I the whole point is that the uh, Huck Finn's dilemma at the end of the book is whether he should sell nigga Jim out to back to slave owners or not. And it's like, the whole time he's like, this is my friend, this is my friend, nigga Jim. Why you call him nigga Jim all the time for your friend, man? But anyway, I digress. It is <laughs> someone who's supposed to be the homie, but like. Right. They were cool. I, I mean, look, it. like, were you cool with everybody you hooped with? Like, you had a mission. You guys would hang out Mostly sometime. Mostly, no. <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying. Like, you had your, your crew, the Boondog crew and all that. But beyond that, like, who are you really rocking with? That's true. But, okay, I'll, I'll say this. Like, even if we weren't close, because we all basically had the exact same experience, is why they say, like, there's, like, a fraternity in, like, the NBA. But I would say it extends, like, especially guys who played overseas. It's yeah. like, I never have to play one game in Russia to be like, oh, you play in Russia? That's fucked up out there, huh? Like, I know how it goes because yeah. we've been through it. What I'm saying is Billy's walking in from nowhere and just being like, yo, guys, I want to be part of the, the club. But and that makes him, like, a, a, an extra step removed. And he's white, which is like, but we don't know. Up. But we don't know where Billy's made previous stops at to hustle. He might have been in Houston getting it down. He might have been in Chicago and really just embracing these black communities. And now he's trying to really come take over L.A., really see what that actually is about. I mean, that... It's a lot like the pimp game. Honestly, if you can, like, compare, like, two-on-two basketball with pimping, I'm just saying. You go into different locations, you just never know what's going to happen. What? <laughs> you know? Horrible we blow, throwing all hot metaphors out here today. <laughs> I, was re- I really was into pimp movies in college, so just really understanding them. Not even like the, the shady side of it, but just, you know, the business side. Like, really like what here. pimp movie? Uh, Pimps Up, Hose Down, American Pimp, you know. <laughs> the basics. <laughs> one of the greatest docs ever. He said, you know, slight work. I mean, What's I remember, the one about the white dude? My bad. I mean, no, go ahead. Mr. White Folks? I can always forget uh, if, he, if he's, uh, I think he's pimps up, hose down, but uh, Mr. White Folks? Yeah, because both of them, like, His two name different... is Mr. White Folks? Yeah. I've never seen either of these Fam, movies. This is bro, the you don't, entertaining shit I've ever seen. Like, you were around in those early 2000s. This is how we were talking. Like, honestly, we were just... <laughs> it it was, but I never, like, first of all, especially back then, that I, was, like, I was super square, so it's like... A lot of that shit, back, man, that's crazy. Like, you but guys... you were fucking with Lil Wayne, though. I specifically remember you at uh, fandom parties, fucking uh, when Lil Wayne would come on you and Ike and shit would go hard. Yeah, but that, that was like that was probably like 2006, like 2002. Okay, right. I was a different. It like wasn't until like oh yeah, probably when was... I first actually started coming out there. Yeah, you gotta keep in mind. Yeah, I'll say this She's story. I'll say this story. Shit, I went to I went to Pete Newell Big Man Camp in Vegas, and I was 19. This is before before my junior year, so I would have turned twenty. Was that this fall. oh? What year was this? Oh four or something? Oh four, yeah. Okay, oh four. Okay, and that's the same year I, I actually met uh, Mike Fay, which was Josiah's teammate at the time. He was my roommate, and before this, I never like really even talked to any other Pac-10 like hoopers at all. Yeah, so I didn't and, know uh, that. Okay, we continue. Yeah, like. yeah. So I walked in and just seen Mike Fay's bag, and I was like, okay, like I don't know if it's, I don't know if he like it's gonna just hate me or like because really I had no yeah. idea how this shit would go. So, um, but he ended up being hella cool but he was hella old for us being in the same year like yeah. this motherfucker was like 21 in like some months uh and then uh this dude mike jensen played at washington he was also 21 and so like the three of us would kick it but when nighttime came like they went out and i had to like just just walk around the casino floor basically right Damn. so i just remember like that that moment of that that week watching them like get it in i was just like god can't wait to grow up a little bit more. Like, <laughs> you know, like I, I saw a lot of di- like that I didn't see at, at Berkeley because there wasn't 
any parties or any, yeah. and also like the older dudes on the team didn't really fuck with me like that. Like, uh, like freshman who's not playing, like they're not, I got no time for you. Just like, how was Vegas Pete, Pete no big man camp? Was it fun? It was, yeah, I guess it was fun. I mean, it was in Hawaii before that, which yeah, I would so have I, probably be preferred. So I went, I went <laughs> to the last one in Hawaii. I want to say it was like the 25th anniversary, probably like 0203. But I was saying that one because it was the college guys that work out, then the NBA guys would come on. But that one was lit because we were all just getting it. Like we were all rent scooters and just shoot around the town. Right. It was like a ride or That's die right. video on scooters. <laughs> you imagine a bunch of like big six fan eight dudes just like whipping down on scooters. Getting it in, but we actually, but I was young, so I actually, I don't know how, but I got into the club because I remember like Samuel Dallenbear and a bunch of other random dudes just in there really getting it in. That's funny, Dallenbear was at mine too, so what was it? This guy needed a lot of big men camp work. Man, that, hey, that camp was fun though. I was there with Super Crib. I don't know if you if you heard that name before. Yeah, I don't, but, super, I don't know Super Crib, but I. So he was hooping at Auburn, and uh, obviously he, we were at camp together. We, we would ride on the bus sitting next to each other and shit, and I'll never forget, like I had my knees iced, but like it was hot as fuck. And he's like, yo, cuz, let me, let me hit that bag. <laughs> he made me, like, take the bag off my knee and, like, pop the hole in and, like, drink the water in it. What? No, you never drink the... What? But he was that thirsty. And he was super crypt. So who the, what the fuck was I going to say to super? I'm just like, dog. Like, you have... He's revered in the L.A. community. That's my first time ever interacting yeah. with him. I was like, Mr. Yeah. Crip, you have no idea. So I'm a big fan. Yeah. A big fan of your cripping, but... But yeah, it was like, but I remember the Hawaiian was, was legendary shit. Sorry to, to go off track. No, no, no. If it was in Hawaii, I think it would have been... It would have been less fractured because it was in Vegas. It was very. There was like three groups of people. Yeah. There was the the motherfuckers there who had money, and gambled like I had never seen to that point in my life. Then there was the dudes who was twenty one, and all they did was go to the clubs at the Palms because there's like six clubs there. So they'd be like, they'd be like, oh, we just came back from rain. I'm like, I don't even. It just sounds cool. It's called rain. Ah. You, you probably could have. Like, there was a stretch in that in those early two thousands when the Palms, because like real world and all that shit was like the most crackiness. Like, yeah. But uh, so my teammate Ryan Walcott, uh, his cousin Mike Bibby, Bibby was playing with the Kings and Maloof brothers owned the Palms. So we used to like we went there Memorial Day weekend one year. It was the most turned up shit I've ever been associated with. Just like front of the line. I mean, yeah. If you're there with the Maloofs, right? Or essentially with the Maloofs. The Maloof you go to Vegas place? with anybody who's like above a certain level. It's like a whole different city. Yeah. An entire, I've been there oh. for Summer League, yeah. where it's like people act like I'm part of that group, and I get like halfway in the in the yeah. doors. Summer League's not tight, <laughs> to be real. For anybody who's really trying to get it in, there's way too many dudes that are 6'8", six, 6'9", six, really I hot, know. you know. It's taking away the unicorn. I'm just saying, you're not, yeah, you're yeah. not, like, you're not special with them shit. If you don't have any bread, you're just there, like. Right. Like, All right, a tall nigga, Walking around like, in circles and shit. <laughs> <laughs> good that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good point that. Especially in college, I'd be like, man, if there's athletes at the party, I don't want to be there. Because at Berkeley, there was only like so many women anyways. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm kind of like the squarest dude here. Like, I have no self-confidence. <laughs> like, Omar would be like, yeah, wherever all the homies are at, we're going. I'm like, Omar, are you confident, light-skinned and motherfucker? Like, <laughs> Omar is good looking. <laughs> Omar's like, when women walk up to you to tell you how good looking someone else is, it's so fucking annoying. Especially at that age. Like, now I'd be like, oh, shit, that's the homie. Go get it. But back then, I was like, man, that's, what do I got to do? That's hey, a dagger to the confidence right there. <laughs> there's so many inner politics people will never know about. Like, oh, at man, UCLA, like, like, the baseball team, they would be, like, super sneaky. So, they would they would only have their own function, not tell anybody. And they live, like, a little <laughs> off campus. So, you would just hear about, like, random women going to their party. would never really hear about the function. But, dude, like, I give it up. They had it figured out. Meanwhile, they would just leave all of us just to, you know, fight each other and yeah. wrestle for whatever was left over. But, but you guys had to think about UCLA. We're clearly not talking about the movie anymore. The, the thing about UCLA is because you were in proximity to Hollywood, you guys had 
you guys were way more relaxed. Like Berkeley, if you like, again, it's in Berkeley. Like there was like sixty percent of the campus wasn't partying off top. They just yeah. didn't want to. Squares didn't. Yeah. Yes, and then there was like another like high percentage that like may not speak English. Like it was a very like uh, uh, Asian heavy campus, and like I mean like literally like coming like in to like study straight from there. there. And then it's like, and then so you dwindle it down to like who's actually out, and it's like the same hundred women, and then like yeah. eight thousand dudes. It seemed like like all. <laughs> Oh, hey, because it was the dudes that went there, but then they would tell their homies who didn't go there, and they would come, come too. Come to visit and shit. So many dudes. And, like, it's like, I don't need you to visit, bro. You got to go somewhere else. But this, this made a campus culture that was, like, super crazy because it was, like, we were all, like, always in competition with one another. Like, uh, competition for, like, spots on the court. Yeah. And then, like, for, like, women off the court. Like, and everything. And then you go to, like, I go to Arizona, and it's like, oh, shit, we all here. And then, like... Nobody gave a fuck because <laughs> they lived. They lived a different life in Tucson. It's completely different life. It's I didn't really get it in at, at, at Arizona State, but even though like one of my teammates from Phoenix, like we would just we had love out there. We would just go hang out and do whatever. Not really on campus, but Arizona was like that was another that was another situation. Is UCLA altogether. like USC where it's not really uh, like a college thing? I feel like most USC kids I've ever met just like go to the clubs, like the LA so, clubs. So SC is, is weird because it's in the hood, right? So yeah. they so they basically but they're allowed to like drink on campus and do whatever, and their stadiums right on campus. Yeah. So imagine on game day like stadiums like whatever you, yeah. can, you can go to like 500 tailgates get whatever UCLA we were in, at the Rose Bowl Pasadena so they literally have to bust out True. so our game's not as turn you're in this 100,000 yeah, seat thing with like 40,000 people yeah. and people had to bus 45 minutes or an hour to get there yeah. pissing themselves and vomiting on you know these shitty buses or whatever Correct. but I'm saying they so they were able to get it in a lot more but what we, we had that was different was Hollywood so we had a whole other like you think of somebody like Emily Ratajkowski right went to UCLA I don't th think she probably touched uh, maybe like yeah. just for like a week to feel normal and then after that she's straight to wh yeah. whatever was cracking on Sunset for the next yeah. yeah you know so you can really but, but the thing is we, you don't think about but it works is that you said a basketball player, you kind of have a leg up. But you go to Hollywood now, you're dealing with the Jamie Foxes of the world and all these other type of human beings mm -hmm. who maybe not, they may not be 6'8", whatever, but they got a lot of they, bread yeah. to stun on they're you. Famous, or to start, yeah. yeah, so yeah. you're kind of, but you're still sticking out and standing out there. So you're still kind of getting hollered at or whatever. But it's just an interesting, because even on campus, like football and basketball dudes, like we were, I think there was like a truce kind of when we were there. But before <laughs> that, it was like fade on sites. Like, because, you know, like you yeah, said, it's, it was it's like, like Bloods and Crips football and basketball. In college, you have to cover the girls. Together. Like the girls who were like the coveted crown jewels. And I remember when I was there, one of my teammates literally snagged like the crown jewel and literally had the whole campus in an uproar. But <laughs> you know, I'm just sitting back cracking up. It was the funniest thing. Turn this bitch down. He was, a, he was a black dude. She was a white chick. And it was like, even like all the white like savages were like sad. And it's like, bro, I know how you get down. You're like, you're telling him like treat her nice. And she's like, it was like, come on, dog. I wonder if I know who you're talking about. You don't have to we, say that. We can talk about offline, but I'm sure I'm sure you can figure it out. I'm sure your head's processing right now. You just, have just is it someone who's the sister of someone I know, or is that different? Ooh, I don't know. I think you're, you definitely know, you definitely know it's correct. We'll okay, say. okay. I'm just saying. I don't like to name that, but I, for yeah. me, it was. Like, I don't think they would care either. But when it went down, yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. like like oh, it was beautiful. It was like it was like kind of what we're seeing now in the yeah. black community, like rising up. <laughs> Because you see the look on those white dudes, the white dudes' faces, <laughs> just like, rising up. like honestly, the hurt in their heart. I never bitch. saw anything. To see dudes really, even on the team I was on, to see dudes change like emotionally, just like, like you better be nice to her, dog. Like, 
<laughs> like, bro, no, you do. Like, but it was a funny moment. But I think for us, like for SC, SC had like, so they had everything in proximity. I want to say their frats and sororities were yeah. right across the street from each other. Yeah. Ours were literally on either side of the campus. And it was probably like a two mile walk yeah. to get from one, probably like a good mile and a half to get from one to the other. But we also had on, on the low the W, which was super cracking yeah. for different periods, uh-huh. which was like right on the other. And that's where like you would kind of just begin to touch Beverly Hills a little bit. Because it was right next to campus yeah. too. Like on the back right side. there. Oh, it was beautiful. That campus had like the Playboy Mansion was right there. Yeah. The W's right there. And then those kids, UCLA kids also go to like Brentwood and Santa Monica and shit. Yeah. Like it's it's way better positioned. Like yeah, but sure. USC's frat row, it's like it's like I've another been, level. It's just like it's the far, most frattiest frat row I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, it's fratty as fuck. It's yeah. like yeah, I, I mean, I went a few times probably I think before I started at UCLA, maybe once or twice when I was actually a student, but yeah. it's just too much going on. It was like yeah. you know, it was like shit, bro. This is this is like man. Science. I, I went to the frat row once, like maybe it was after we played a game there or something. Yeah. Like and uh I just remember, I won't name the name, but anyone can pick this up if they wanna just do the math. The quarterback of USC was laying face down in like the middle of the street, and I remember like I remember I remember saying out loud like, "Damn, they got motherfuckers just passed out in the street." And then I got close and I was like, "Is that number 11? Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow! That's what I'm not gonna say his name. Oh my god, <laughs> bro, the shit you would see. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna name names. I'm not gonna name names. I'm not gonna do I'm it. I'm not gonna name names, but he's, hey, if you look tall. at the, the run that those dudes had, though, because like we thought we were sweet at UCLA, okay. but the run that SC had when they won those like two or three natties and read that whole Reggie Bush and Lindell crew, yes, like they run it. They ran LA. I'm not even gonna hate. There's like, still some t- like before I got in a relationship, I think there'd be times like seriously where I'd meet a girl and be like, I wonder if she like had sex with anybody at USC because probably like we're the same age. Like you said, you went to like Pepperdine. Like I'm like, yeah. was getting hard. I mean, why are you even asking? Statistically speaking, it's most a, likely. But that's but these are things you'd have to consider really in college, like you were saying. It's because even on a, a bigger scale, like you know, in in the region, like there was only a certain amount of people that were getting hollered at. Then Facebook was introduced, kind of in the tail end of my college career, I think, heavy for yours. So that really just changed and opened up the ball game. And then I'm sure kids now with like IG and. Like, this is the things they get off. I wonder how many dudes are getting catfished, though, to be real, because... Gotta be a lot. If I was, like, a frat dude at another school, I could easily, I feel like, catfish, like... Bro, you know you know the biggest, like, catfish story in college sports happened at Cal in my senior year. Who, who... Because we had a catfish, too, going around. No, no, this is, this is like, a legendary... Like, it's... There's volumes on this. You can Google it. But I'll tell you from my perspective, which is that I was at a... I was at a frat party, and these, uh... You know, we have it... At Berkeley, it's called Rallycom. They're the ones who wear the striped shirts. Yeah. Okay, so, and they're like the most like cheeriest people or whatever. And there was three of these dudes there, and they're like, oh man, Rod Benson, like, man, like, because it was senior night was coming up against SC. They're like, senior night, man, we got the best shit plan. Just, uh, just look out for someone named Victoria. I'm like, what does that mean? They're like, they're like, you'll see. So we get to the game, and, you know, like, because we come out for warm ups early, but then we go back. Yeah. And then when it's really time to get cracking, like, the, the crowd is out there. Yeah, for yeah. sure come come out the first time and i see like there's papers on every seat like a lot of times that's usually just like some sort of score thing yeah, or like yeah, like there's players things. players of the game yeah. yeah whatever turns out that these sheets were transcripts of conversations between this made up woman named victoria and gabe pruitt who was the starting point guard for sc <sighs> yeah. ended up getting drafted by boston like he was yeah. on the same team as nick young yeah he was he was a killer they had Again, this is 2006, so nobody saw it coming. They 
were talking to this dude for months. Mm. They had, I think, nudes of him, but mm. they only showed like the, the like the, the top half of his body. Day. They had his like his phone number, his information, like his family information. The transcripts of him saying like, "Oh, do you want to like get this dick or whatever?" Like all this shit. So, so Gabe obviously has no idea this is coming either. So, so I guess the, the, on the papers it said what they were planning to do. Like again, I'm seeing this in real time. So we get out like there's nothing. There's nothing happening. It's just a regular game, like senior night, because it's a big production though. As soon as like the tip goes up, like ten fans stand up with like cards, each one as big as this window, like one number of Gabe Pruitt's phone number. Like, and they it just start going, Victoria. And you can see him be like, you can see him realize it in real time. Like, I got to oh, watch his, I got to no. watch his game tape now. Oh, oh I, my. And he, he went, he, out? He, no, he went like four for 22. That's it was beautiful. fucking tragic. I've never seen someone well get played. got that well bad. Because you can't get got that bad anymore. Like, not like that. Oh, you, I mean, you can. No, you can. They gave us a lesson uh, sophomore year. They, <laughs> well, so, shorty, they, they didn't they teach you about him? Boy, they had us. No, they didn't because they had this shorty hit everybody up on Facebook. And she was coming a little hard. And I was like, mm-mm, this, something smells fishy here, Batman. And then she literally <laughs> had, a, we had a meeting. And this lady came in. I was like, why does she look familiar, Doc? And then she goes, hi, da-da-da-da-da. And then they go up on the screen and they were like, who are these people? And I was like, why is my picture out there? And then I saw some other people out there. There's all the people that uh, she had added on Facebook. Mm. And then she started showing all the messages these niggas have been sending her. I was like, thank God I'm not <laughs> thirsty. Hey, I'm glad I'm a square now, but I and it's like you're just like, come on, dog. It's 2020. You niggas, yeah. I was like, you are you got your head in the sand, bro. The third, I mean, I I can only imagine what like what, what women are dealing with on like these platforms. Just, I'm saying because you just and like you know. If somebody like follows you, I'm sure you're like, oh, they're thirsty. Like, you know what I'm saying? Some niggas say, like, oh, she's thirsty. I'm about to get her. <laughs> Bro, that shit is hilarious. Because oh. back in the day, it was like the club grab. The arm grab was like the thing back in the day. And now I'm looking like, that's kind of a salt, dog. But I'm, I'm just yeah. saying, like, you know, dudes, <laughs> like, chicks, chicks will walk by and be like, and they niggas be trying to grab them. And it's like, like, what do you think you're about to accomplish, dude? Like, she's just going to submit to your will? Like, what the fuck is going on? But now nah, it's, it's, it's just, it's. It definitely is what you're saying, but then also I've seen it work so many times that I like it's very confusing. Big facts. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, because I've never been that dude, but I've, I've seen people do it, and I'm like, did. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> that work? That's why it doesn't I, make sense for us. That's, that's now that you say this, that's probably why niggas were doing it. Okay, now it all, now it all makes sense. I was always looked like, what the fuck is going on, dog? But you're right. If you do it ten times, you go one for ten. For the average human being, that's fucking a great night. When the when the when Me Too started. I wrote a long article basically like challenging myself, but I titled it, Stop Whipping Your Dick Out. And what I said, because it was new, it is a bit nuanced, women hate when you whip your dick out, but also I've seen it work. So I, I think dudes are like, hey man, it, like, it always works. Either they want the deer, they don't want the deer. Like, this is a bad, That's terrible. It's, yeah, it's not, terrible. I'm telling you That's, how it got there. Like, I'm I not, know. I'm I think it's say trash. It's, right. it's trash. It's just crazy. But I know many people who have been like, oh, I'm like, oh, what happened last night? Like, Oh, I fucked. Like, what? You guys didn't even talk the whole night. Oh, I just took my dick out. What? Yeah, you just, uh, that's all you did? Like, yeah. And then she just was like, okay. I, I mean, I, I mean, maybe their dicks really look, I don't know. Maybe when they see it, it's just like, wow, that is the dick. For sure, every sport has that. But I think just niggas have that. Where it's just like, somebody gave them the false that that works. And they were like, well, well this is how we going to play this game from now on. Yeah, it's wild, it's just, I don't get it. Well, I think especially as, a, as, as the only motherfucker here without a dad. 
the uh, the <laughs> a lot of us oh. black men learn about shut sex. up. <laughs> we learn about sex shit from our friends and not from not from like a responsible ass yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. So it just kind of passes on these like yeah. terrible yeah pornos. Like, I mean, like, I think I was watching pornos at a young age. Uh, you think or you way younger than <laughs> I think, yeah. Rosie Perez? But I, re- I was Rosie talking about camera angles and directing. I was really into cinematography and things like that, and really storyline and plot. So even, <laughs> even from that standpoint. But uh, yeah, I just think you you made you you're made to look at, at women a certain way, and it's, it's fucked up. Because even like as athletes, probably in college, I'm sure it was kind of that. And this was what kind of what was instilled upon you, like you know, you can do whatever you want. Like you're that dude. Like you could pass yeah. out in the middle of the street, and then not even you know somebody's gonna grab you. Yeah, and, like it's not athletes popular culture plays. There's also yeah. another angle, a part of it that's like what's expected from us as being black men and being like over sexualized, which is like yeah. Like I, I forget what movie or show this is, but like, it, like this dude's like smashing and like, oh maybe it's the Heartbreak Kid. She goes like, "Fuck me like a black guy," and it's like, wow. a, it's like it was like way funnier when the movie came out. Yeah. And now I'm like, that's such a trash ass line. That's yeah. terrible. But it's right? like that's what the expectation is that like we don't like, yeah, we don't get it in how y'all how like white squares get it in. Well, I'm sure like if you go to frat <laughs> parties and shit and you see niggas dancing, it's like, oh okay, well on beat. You know, I'm sure, you know, I'm just really subconscious because, like, I don't know if you ever went to El Dorado with us back in the day. It was Tuesday night, so nah. maybe like summertime or something. But, but that was like the spot that everybody came. They had DJs and music. But obviously, like, if you if you could get it in, like, people were fucking with you because you would see how the squares dance, and there would be like a whole sideline yeah. or a pit area of just the squares watching the niggas who could dance dance because <laughs> they weren't really going to get out there and get embarrassed. I think women just thought maybe that that would lead to certain things, like you know, if you were smashing. Uh- I'm going to pivot before we play ourselves. I do want to know, because um, the, the base of this is athletes yeah. who go into the arts. Your dad, Hooper, actor, did that have something to do? I mean, obviously, yeah. somewhat. But, like, do you have you always been like, this is really what I want, and I'm just hooping because it's a... So, for basketball, I was kind of, like, forced into it. Not forced, but it's just, this is what it's it is. If you, grow up, if, if you grow up at Johnson in L.A., you're hooping at some, some point, some level, some capacity. That's yeah. just... I remember I was probably like, my dad played in the All-Star game, I want to say in 86 in Dallas, came back from the airport, had this mini hoop for me. I was probably like four at that point. Yeah. And that was, from there, it was just like a wrap. I was, I was doing that. But thankfully, I was blessed because he, he had a lot of money. I was blessed to live. Like We, we started out living in Bel Air, then ended up moving back to uh, Windsor Hills View Park when I was probably in like third grade, fourth grade. But went to a school called UES where I got really plugged into arts and entertainment and whatever. It was like going to school with a... So his teammate on the Clippers was a dude, Norm Nixon, who played with the Lakers too. And his, his wife is Debbie Allen, yeah. who obviously a different world and Grey's Anatomy and pretty much everything you can ever think of. Hmm. So yeah. as kids, we would get picked up. Me and her kids are around the same age. We would get picked up. And like on Thursdays, we would go to the different world set, like from, yeah. from campus. And that's where you were going to like 9 o'clock at night. Like my mom was an extra on and my dad was in a bunch of show, extra work on a bunch of the shows and yeah. shit. But that's just so I would be on set chilling, like, you know, and like, you know, being able to do whatever I want. I'm not yeah. in like the seated area. I can go like roam around on set and do it. Yeah. Like, look at shit, like, go pick up a cup, put it down. Yeah. But I'm literally, like, reading scripts and shit and just kind of immersed in it. And it was just like, yo, this is amazing. Like, yeah. mm. just this world. Like, looking at, like, a young Jada Pinkett, you know, before she blew up. She was on the show, I want to say, like, fourth or fifth season. But thinking, like, damn, like, just looking at her acting shit. And like, oh, she's fucking, she's going to be a huge. Like, yeah. she's got she's got whatever. But not really realizing then kind of as I got older, like, really getting into that world. So I really thank him a lot for giving me those opportunities. I don't know where I would be. Because even with him, like, going on set and reading lines, and he would... 
audition for parts all the time so I'd have to read lines and my re- writing scripts is probably like a 9 or 10 year old yeah. just like little scripts I would format on a legal pad and try to make them look like the, the ones that, that he was going off of so I was just immersed in and being in Hollywood just going to school with all these kids like you know yeah. me and John Landis' daughter were like best friends as like you know five or six year old so I'd be yeah. at parties with him and shit not even realizing because I'm watching like coming to America and all the movies yeah. like a seven year old like oh this motherfucker made this shit thriller and fucking yeah. Captain EO and all this other shit I'm just like damn this dude did all that so I think just being in that world and being immersed in it it was like yo this is this is what I want to do and then now being an adult like man we get to actually really make this shit happen it's yeah. like it's a cool experience what's crazy yeah, is that your dad I mean it, maybe there's some examples I'm not really considering but he's like one of like two NBA players who was like really out there acting yeah. like while they were playing or like around the like like right after their career like Kareem and him are the only two I really know so my dad my dad even more than me like he I mean obviously he was player of the year in 77 so he was experienced at UCLA he went to Crenshaw to UCLA but he was a theater arts major which a lot of people don't know oh. so he was literally a theater arts major at UCLA and part of that was like hosting like a TV show like that was closed circuit on campus but he was doing a lot of that type of shit so he always had the artistic bug it's funny when he was like playing in Milwaukee his first couple of years, he made all these home movies, but they would do dumb shit. Like if one of their friends passed, like shit we do now, one of their friends passed out, he'd make a home movie around like they'd put a bunch of like fake drugs, oregano and shit around them and shit. <laughs> and just actually, you know, but sitting there like with the Jamaican music playing and just like, you know. But, in but, the 70s, this is. But he was this footage is probably fucking gold. Right. I remember just kind of sitting, but always like he always just had this mind for creativity and shit, writing scripts and acting and wanting to do shit and actually being good at it. So perfecting the craft. Mm. It's like a lot of dudes just. Oh, I'm just gonna act. Just like, no, nah, it's a fucking. So I remember acting school, all that type of shit. He was going hard. Like, white man can't jump. He busted his ass for that role. And even like, I think one of the, the most famous parts when he's robbing the liquor store, and he's like, nah, nah, this ain't Raymond. I think it was completely ad libbed. He was trying to do his Mike Tyson voice, but they saw it. They did a take with it. They're like, fucking love that shit. So now it's like one of the key. I remember when that scene hits in the movie. Because that movie's a, ro- a romance album. Rom-com mass is a basketball story, right? But when that scene hits and the way the theater reacted, I remember the first time, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this dude's about to be a legend. Like, huh. just the, the laughter. You know, that's probably one of the highlights of the movie. And even still now, he was a five-time All-Star College Player of the Year. Like, you know, should be in the Hall of Fame very soon. But people in, like, the current generation just know him from White Man Can't Jump. You know, that's, for yeah. like, that's the, only, the, only thing, the only reference point they have of him. And not, like, you know, all this other shit. But it's, it's wild that... So he actually, like... I keep it real with him. If he does like a bad job and shit, I'll tell him. But like, you know, like he takes his shit serious. And you can tell when you're watching dudes try to act sometimes. It's like, oh, this is fucking, this is tough, bro. Yeah. You know, I know he did a lot of takes of this shit where he's like, he's fucking a pro. That's I was introduced to your dad. <laughs> I already know you. I already know you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Chris knows this, but it, it was, it was uh, my junior year, my sophomore year, actually. I got like, finally started earning a little bit of minutes. We're playing the University of Oregon. And I just get thrown in there, like, in the first half, which is, like, wild when you don't play. And yeah, you're just like, bro, oh, shit. I'm like, shit. I'm in the game, and it counts. And, like, this yeah, is important. This shit game. matters. <laughs> and, uh, and I was doing very well. Like, I probably played, like, 20 minutes. And I finished with, like, 8.6 rebounds and four blocks, right? But, like, throughout the game, like, I made every layup I took and was missing every jumper. So it was, like, I was, like, 0 for 1 on a jumper, then, like, 1 for 2 on a layup, yeah. then, like, Two for three on a layup, then two for four on a missed jumper. So I missed, like, my third jumper, and he, Mr. Johnson says, uh, what is Benson doing thinking he runs the mansion? He's, he's, he's just the butler or whatever. <laughs> and, I, 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 like, after, like, my biggest game, I couldn't focus on anything except for that line. I was like, first of all, just the, the fuck is this reference? What does it even mean? What do you mean? I'm out here doing it. And then what happens is 
to ice the game. We're up one with like 20 seconds left. I hit a jumper. And the play-by-play guy goes like, Benson. And then Mr. Johnson goes, uh, of all people. <laughs> I'm like, God damn. Why are you playing me? I'm here trying to get my shine. Hey, I would have, I would have teammates. Oh, hey, you. <laughs> teammates would get mad at me like, Yo, your dad don't be hating on you. Like, be, it's like, I don't play, dog. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he still chill over me, dude. He don't be clowning you like he be trying to clown us. Like, the nigga thinks he's funny. What do you want me to do? I mean, it is funny. It's, it's just funny like, as shit, When you're bro. that age, there's so, it's so much bullshit you're dealing with. Yeah. Maybe you have like a, like, when you're even on the court at all, it's, Every minute's so important. Yeah, for sure. And someone's out here joking about it. I'm like, this ain't a joke to me, dog. You know what I had to do to get out of slap people to get here? Hey, you know, you play <laughs> meaningful first half people. minutes. First half minutes. It was like, oh, God. Like, when the un, un, unexpected. Unexpected first half minutes. I would do well in those times, and then sometimes I wouldn't. But, like, the unexpected, I'm going to go hit a jumper, do whatever. Like, shit, I know I, know I got to. The thing with me, they always used to crack up about, I could get a stat. Like, as soon as I got in, within, like, the first 10 seconds, I'm going to get a rebound, a bucket. So, I'm going to get something. Yeah. Something cracking. But uh, some of our bigs, like they they would struggle rebounding and shit. I was like, nigga, let me. I'm not. I'm not walking out with zeros on this motherfucker. I need something, bro. Okay. Yeah. People are gonna look at this stat line in the paper. They need to fucking feel a certain way about it. He got a couple. You had a lot of big men who weren't really rebounders. Until you got Mata. Mata's a legend. <sighs> Love Mata. I feel like that's a whole other story. Right yeah. Now. No, Mata, Mata's just a. He's just. He's, I don't know, he's just a guy who played at UCLA, but he's like... He's, not, he's a legend. I, th- I think, well, from an outsider's perspective, UCLA had, when I was in school at least, like, a lot of the best recruits in the country, like, year after year. And then there was this period where they started getting, like, big men that no one had ever heard of, really. At least, like, not, like, on the level of the other guys. Like, they'd have, like, the second best center in the nation. Yeah. And then, like, for a couple years, it was, like, Mata, Mba, Mute... These guys who ended up being very good players, yeah. but Mata especially kind of has like a interesting face or ear or something thing, which when you don't know him and you're just on the other team, you're like, oh, I'm a like fuck this weird looking dude. I'm a yeah. I'm a give him I'm giving him this work, and he'd be out there playing hard, man. Like, Hopey. <laughs> he had these fucking big ass tree trunk fucking uh, calves and ankles, so you couldn't really move him and shit. And he, but he would just throw his body around. And I remember my pops before he came to UCLA. My pops saw him play. Well, like he was playing with like pumps, the pumps in the AAU game, and they were playing like the Atlanta Celtics, I believe, or somebody like that. This when they had like Randolph Morris and that whole crew. Yeah, Randolph Morris can ball too. Yeah, but he and he was literally like, "Yo, Low Mata was the best player on the court, like, but just killing these dudes, like rebounding buckets, whatever." But he came in honestly and literally because he like sweet ass dude, like really just nice, funny as fuck, like, but works hard, like you know what I mean. But he was such a legend in the 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 Latino community. Like, yeah, I used to joke like the like the three the three top people at that time were like Oscar De La Hoya, uh, Antonio Villaraigosa, who was the mayor, and then Lomada. Like, cause everywhere we went, it was like I'm just saying. If you think of like Selena and like that type of shit, yeah, it wasn't quite that level. But everywhere we went, he would get rolled up on. I mean, he would get rolled up on by motherfuckers, just like no, like you know, we'd be walking in a random airport, somebody would just hand him a pizza. Like it was like some coming to America type shit uh, when, when, when they he saw him like, with the game. He was a starting center on a Final Four team. Yeah, for sure. And he's like the only Mexican player like getting shine. Like he's actually Mexican, Mexican. I saw, I saw. Uh, last time I think I saw him in person was like 2010 downtown okay and he was like dating or just maybe just with like miss mexico yeah and i was like 
Mata's got juice that I just don't see. I don't know where this is coming from. Mata is that dude, bro. I don't understand it. I don't understand. You know Miss Mexico was bad. Uh, it had to be. Mata's got a killer mouthpiece, but just a great dude, bro. Like, super honestly loyal, like, great friend. Like, you know, I remember there was a period we were getting it in. Like, even after we graduated, we would still fuck with that crew. Mm. And him and Quinn were even living together. Yeah. For a minute. So just interesting times. Like Westbrook was on that squad, but Westbrook had like this janky ass beater card that he used to have to like pour water in to get the engine to start and shit. And then like we always tell the story like fucking a couple months later after he gets drafted, he's pulling up in like the S5. Just like Yeah, I didn't know anyone at UCLA had beater cards. Like every time I went to UCLA, everyone had like escalades and shit. Like when I was there was literally like Capano had an escalade, Matt Barnes had an escalade. Trying to think. TJ, but his pops had money, but TJ always had expeditions. I think I always had expeditions, but we were always like, and SC was like Scalabrini with Escalade, Jeff Trepanier with Escalade. So we'd just be like competing Escalades on 24s, matched through different spots. See, no one tells you this when they're recruiting you. I could have gone to SC. UCLA already had their shit full basically when it was my time, but no one told me that I could have driven an Escalade if I went there. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the best car at Berkeley was Joe Ship had a Mustang. That was like a few years older. <laughs> the rest of us had nothing. <laughs> Y'all out here escalates. Hey, fuck Berkeley <laughs> too, to bro. Tell you that, right? It's just to get the wink, winks and the nudge, nudge. Hey, UCLA parking is whack, but Berkeley shit, bro. I remember I went to a game. I was just like, what the fuck is going on up here? Yeah, Don't the, the park at. You're supposed to just get a ticket, is what they want. That's what I'm saying. It's like, damn. <laughs> it's like, damn, where the you have a fucking building I can park in? I'll pay money for this shit. Like, where the fuck do you want me to park this car? At Berkeley, and I love Berkeley, but it's it's designed to like be not user friendly like almost on purpose like I, I don't maybe that's what's supposed to make it like such a hard school like it's actually hard in other ways like, it's hard to just find <laughs> shit the the first i came back from actually right when i retired my boy had a had an art show he was on the he was coleman and he was at a ucla he was at ucla grad okay. school for art and uh and so he went down there and that's the first time i saw like bird scooters and i was like if i had had these in college i would have had a full grade point higher like not as a joke no that's it. just yeah, just get from getting out, yeah. up and down the hill at berkeley bro where, where our where our where our dorms were to where the gym was was like two miles downhill going there but uphill on the way back and All they right. expected us to walk that shit every goddamn day i literally flunked my first quarter at ucla because on friday they had a motherfucking 8 a.m uh discussion but it was the same shit like the dorms to where the class was and, like, some days it'd be raining. It's like, motherfucker, I'm not leaving this fucking room to go walk two miles in this rain to go yeah. to this fucking bullshit-ass history class fucking discussion. Like, of course. Like, that, now I'm, I'm staying asleep because then I got to go to the gym. And then the thing with us would always be trying to just get a ride home from somebody up the hill. Got to get some. Older dude or whoever. Scooter. You see dudes so, in scooters. I'm going to leave the name out of this one. But the the, the first the time, time, the first time, because at, at Berkeley to get to Clark Kerr was the dorms we lived at as yeah. freshman athletes. So you had to take the number seven bus, but it only came like once an hour. So like, yeah, same as you. Try to get a ride home. Otherwise, you had to wait for the bus. And if it was raining, it was fucking trash. Yeah. So I, I get a ride home from this guy on my team who's a senior and a very good looking dude. Okay. And the, the legend about this dude is that like literally he like women used to ask me like, we heard he doesn't like kiss. He just like fucks. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> 
I'm, I'm like 17. I've like never done either, basically. I'm just like, I'm like, this is this question is way over my head. Way over my head. I don't understand. Oh this. my god! How does that so, even start? Like, that's how what I'm saying. Like, how does that rumor you spread? About that shit about him. Yeah, I'm like, man, I, I thought you were cute. I don't. So he gives me a ride home, and this is the first time we've ever like actually talked, basically. He gives me a ride back to the dorms, and he hey, drops me off, and he goes, uh, they used to call me Luda at the time. He's like, hey, Luda, any of these hoes up here fucking? Why did they call you Luda? And I was just like, I don't, I don't know. They think you don't kiss is all I know, man. I'm sure. I, I think if I do find one, I hope she likes me, man. I don't know. Like, uh, I was told that you doing all of it, so uh, you tell me. But like, I don't know. How do, the anatomy of how a rumor, so how does a rumor, like, he doesn't even kiss. Like, did he say that? And then that's, I just wonder. He probably was. I asked, I remember before I got out of the car, I asked him for advice and he was like, I was like, I was like, yeah, is there anything I should know about like college or like, you know, what I should do to get on the team or whatever. And he's just like, always flush the condom. Cause I was be doing all sorts of tricky shit with that shit. <laughs> I was like, again, I'm like, what is happening? I don't understand anything when I'm around you. This is too big for me. What does that have to do with what you're asking? <laughs> that was his advice. And you want to you hear something funny, too? When I, when I graduated, when I graduated, I started training up in Sacramento. And another name we won't say, but we both know this person very well. I asked him the same thing. I was like, I was like, hey, man, I'm like, you know, like about to join the D-League. Like, you know, I just, is there any advice? You know, like, and he was just like, it's cheaper to keep her, dog. <laughs> Oh my god. That's the only two times I ever asked another Uber for advice. Oh my god. Those are the two bits of advice I got. Oh my lord. But honestly, both very meaningful and both very heartfelt. And I think things in college that you could definitely really take to take to heart and really you know institute. That's so fucking funny, dog. That's the shit I love. And people talk about hoops, like the games and all that shit was fine, but just the fucking personalities on the team, like yeah, I had a teammate like we had the big screen. We would watch game tape, right? But he would watch pornos on there <laughs> middle of the fucking day. But you be coming, the middle of the day, the middle of the fucking day, you be coming into practice and a fucking porno. Just be like, what the fuck is going on? Because at that time you would need like of the full DVD. Also, right? the like, whole, like, you need the whole thing. And it's just like, what the fuck is going on? But this is just shit. Like you just never knew what was gonna happen. The coaches didn't care about that. I mean, depending on how good you were, there were things you could, like it was like this one. This is the person. Like who, who's gonna really tell him to fucking turn yeah, it off? Yeah. Like it was, you know, I don't know what the gist of it was, but this is a shit you would see. And I'm just like, oh shit, this is what college is like. Yeah, uh, different on the way. All right, we'll we'll start wrapping this up, but just uh, what do you got? What do you have coming up for you, man? Uh, I'm working on a couple projects. I can't say any of them. They should be announced soon, but I've been out here getting it. I'm doing a show, uh, Dunk Bait on Yahoo Sports. Appreciate them for giving me a bag pre-White Guilt. This yeah. was even before okay, this was even before White Guilt was entered. They were rocking with me, so I really roll with them. Everything they got on, going on up there. But you supposed to hook me up with Yahoo, man. Shit. I know, bro. We got chat about it. <laughs> we but I used to work for Yahoo for like five years, but still, I'd be forgetting. You're you busy, man. You making money. I'm I got not mad kids, at you. dog. I got kids. You have two children, which is wild. I have Fuck. zero. I mean, we live a different life. I don't even have like a puppy. Yeah, I, just, I, I, I make snap decisions all the time. I don't even have a puppy. Like, yeah, my decisions require like a month notice, and even then, like, all right, how are we going to structure this and what's cracking? Like, even coming to do this is like, all right, I'm going to be back by, I'm going to be back by four. Like, I'm leaving here, I'll be back, you know. And knowing, like, you know, if I don't, it's like, what were you doing? Like, what are you, like, I was over here at Spot. I'm literally like, saying this shit right now. I was literally thinking today, like, Maybe I'll just go to Palm Springs tomorrow. I don't know. Like, no, yeah, yeah, just get that off. 
But honestly, I encourage people without kids, get that type of shit off. Because me and my boo will tell you when you can't do all that type of shit. Like, we, we can never be like, oh, let's go to Palm Springs tomorrow. Like, you fucking shitting me? Like, we, gotta be, we can leave at 10 and be back by 6. If we want. <laughs> if you want to get it in, but. We can never do that shit. Like, who's going to come watch these kids? How much we got to pay them to do it? Like, that shit is a whole. Uh, uh, yeah. Where where can people find you on the socials? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at King Josiah fifty four. I was kind of doing TikTok, but I don't, on the the jury's still out on that. I don't know. I don't want my information disseminated uh-uh. in the, in that fashion. My whereabouts, but uh, my main bread and butter is uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. Yeah, the king of NBA Twitter, they call him. Which is so wild. Like you're just you're just Josiah. Like what? Do, like all these people who know you now. Like you're on like some podcasts. Like people I do improv with. I'm like. You guys don't know Josiah. I get jealous. Like, you don't know these But uh, but the young ones, like Carl and Jaquise and all that whole crew, I'm saying those dudes, like, I love those young dudes. I know y'all all in, like, the UCB world together, but go get your bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all shows be killing. Go get this fucking money. I think it's going to change. I think, I don't know if it means I went to that one shit. That shit was killer. But just now, go make make some shit. Yeah. You guys have a unique, per, you know, perspective. Do a football or TV show. Yeah. You're black. Yeah. You know, you do the black. black. <laughs> you, oh, wait, what sport is it? Oh. <laughs> uh, Chris, where do people find you, man? At Dreads, man. Um, on Instagram. And uh, that's about it. That's D-R-E-D-D-I-N-S. Yes, sir. For the uninitiated. Lemon pepper wet. Let's fucking lemon do pepper wet. Yeah, lemon pepper wet. Y'all need better go get a show. Let's not fucking around. I'm telling you, bro. Why you about the dry up soon? Y'all better go get it. <laughs> I got about I'm six months. If you're black and you're an artist, you got about six months. I don't care what level you're at. Go ask for that promotion. <laughs> and don't be nervous. What's the number? I think, and uh, before we leave, I just want to say one thing. We as black people, like, raise the number up. Like, don't ask for that basic ass number because you feel like you need to give back or whatever. Like, mm. ask your white friends what they're charging. Facts. And just stick with it. Facts. And if you and honestly, if you don't flinch because they're gonna try and laugh or whatever, try to get the number down. No, I need that bag, my nigga. I know what you're paying. I know what you guys are paying. Mm-hmm. That's it. Make your rate. Shit, yeah. Uh, my, I'm not doing no free. Oh no, what? Yeah, I'm doing you a favor by looking at this shit. Need that that. Rosie Perez got them titties money. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Rosie Perez, why are you doing this easy voice? Rosie Perez got them titties. Got that titties money. <laughs> Find me at Jerryon, uh, at Z-S-O-R-R-Y-O-N on IG, or Boom, though, on Twitter. We got, we'll get you back. We'll talk. Oh, sure. We can talk for hours about it, especially this college hoop shit. We were going to do, well, at least we were thinking about doing a podcast a long time ago around yeah. these stories, but then you got all big time and shit. So. Yeah, I became a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.